0: This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode nine. I'm your host, Steve at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network from idpguys.org. So, welcome back, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. Now, before we get into the show, I just wanted to mention uh, a couple of very cool things happening at IDP Guys right now. They recently launched a fantastic email based newsletter. As well as the IDP guys uh, or the IDP draft kit. So be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and check out the the draft kit, which is phenomenal. Uh, So today uh, we are continuing the awesome fan base series, bringing you some of my favorites from the fantasy football community to talk about their favorite teams. Now, again, we are doing this uh, just to add a little bit more depth, a little bit more heart to the discussion, since I may not be as plugged into the team or understand the history of each team as I am aware of my own, uh, which of course is the Eagles. But today we are covering the Detroit Lions and I will bring on my guests for you one by one here, starting with Nathan at Nate Cheat. He is the founder of IDP Guys. He's the design lead for Fantasy Points. He's involved in Scott Fishbowl, Avatar Makers. And he's a website designer and graphics extraordinaire. Nate, how you doing? And how long have you been a Lions fan? Uh,
1: Man, doing great. I'm so happy to be involved with uh, this episode and and especially being brought on uh, to talk Lions. Um, I have been a fan of the Lions since Matthew Stafford's rookie year. Um, now, you know, there's plenty of people probably in this, uh, you know, group of guys that are going to come in that have been fans for longer. Um, but I was not a football fan early on, uh, being from Detroit. It's a little difficult to be a Lions fan, uh, to be honest. And so, you know, I never really got into football overall until I met uh, a buddy of mine, uh, who I started this whole idp guys stuff with uh and he got me into football
0: wow that was fascinating i I never knew that so that that's really interesting that's great okay very cool all right we now have chris robin at detroit beastie he is a uh, content creator for TeamRiseOrFall.com, or Fall.com, as well as Woodward, as well as the Woodward Sports Network, and he is a DFS expert. So, Chris, how you doing? And how long have you been a Lions fan?
2: Oh, thanks for having me. This is outstanding. I've been a lion, let's be honest I've been a lions fan since I was I think that the, the day I was born, my late father put a little, you know, Lions onesie on me. I, I believe I was in, in Mor- St. John's Morass, right on the cusp but right like about a mile or two off of eight mile here. So I've been a lions fan since day one. And I if I'm not mistaken, yesterday or the day before I shared some Ra St. Brown tweet where people were really picking up the pace on Amon Ra and the Lions and Hard Knocks and everything. And It's like, well, I've been a Lions fan since day one, so what do we do now? Do we play it cool, like, hey, I've been a Lions fan since day one, or do we go, yeah, finally we told you so, even though the Lions have done nothing as of yet. So thanks for having me on.
0: Of course, yeah, as I'll touch on um, in a little bit, I think there is a lot of very exciting like positive, like momentum going through the franchise right now. So it is a good time to kind of appreciate what's happening there. Uh, but hopefully they can improve on the wins and losses side of the, of the issue. But we, we will get into that in a little bit. We'll bring on our final guest now, uh, Ryan Miner at Ryan minor underscore FFB. He is an analyst and a writer, part of the great team at face off sports network. And he is an auction drafting expert and a buddy of mine in the auction room. So, Ryan, how oh, yeah. you doing? And how long you. have you been a Lions fan?
3: Oh, man, I grew up here, so I've been a Lions fan my whole life because it's always been on TV every day. But I really didn't really get into it until I really started getting more into fantasy football. So early 2000s, I got became more and more involved in it. So I'd probably say 2004-ish is when I really started getting more into it. I was more of a Michigan football fan than anything. But then, as I started playing fantasy football, I started following the Lions more and more. I mean, sure, as a kid, I had the Barry Sanders jersey because if you were a Detroit kid, you had a Barry Sanders jersey. It was like no. So, and now as I've been focusing more on you know doing the fantasy football side of everything, I've been becoming a bigger fan of the Lions as the year's been going on.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so just kind of naturally from from day one, I'm an Eagles fan. But the player who really got me interested in football was Barry Sanders there, I remember there was in third grade, we had this like book fair and they only had so many copies of this one book. It was like, a, it was like a Barry Sanders, like biography. And like, they only had so many copies, but that was what every guy in my class was like rushing to. So I wasn't able to get one myself. I was devastated at the time, but I'm clearly over it. But either way, Barry Sanders was a big part of my football fandom as a youngster. So that's pretty neat. All right, so we're going to j- jump into the Detroit Lions now. We're going to just start with a summary of the 2021 season. Um, so last season, the Matthew Stafford-less Lions uh, finished the 2021 season with a 3-13-1 record, which unfortunately was last in the division. And then they missed the playoffs, unfortunately, once again for the fifth straight season. Now, a major storyline for the season was how the culture of the team was mightily improved under new head coach Dan Campbell. After the summer full of memes from his memorable introductory press conference, the biting kneecaps and all this. Now, sometimes it is okay when a team is struggling in terms of wins and losses, but are winning in the locker room. Uh, This locker room culture change was evident for, for the Eagles when they transitioned from Chip Kelly to Doug Peterson just a few seasons ago. So, Chris, what were your thoughts on the 2021 season and how does that affect your level of anticipation for this upcoming season? with you being as passionate Alliance a fan that you are, is it the same old, same old, or is the anticipation uniquely heightened because of the Dan Campbell effect?
2: Well, one thing that I noticed, I've never been a big uh, moral victory kind of guy. Well, yeah, we, we they lost 13 games, tied one and won three games. But to be honest with you, this last season, I started to come around on the idea of maybe there are moral victories because this team, the Lions, since day one, since I was a kid, since we were all little, they really had nothing going on, especially the last, what, 10, 12 years or so. So as we start to, to pull back the layers here and look through last season and all the players and, and all the, the opposing teams. And they would go out of their way to make contact with the head coach and go, hey, good job, Dan, or talk to Jared Goff, whoever it was. So you can kind of, I did at least, slowly start to see some sort of, as you put it, Steve, momentum heading in the right direction. And it wasn't translating onto the field, obviously, only winning three games, getting blown out a few times, but they would hang in games. But to me, you know, we hear that that SOL, same old Lions thing, or the Lions, they're going to to grab defeat out of the jaws of victory, as my dad used to say, but here we are are heading into this coming season I'll leave that for the next segment here but last year it was a weird it was a weird kind of thing because to me it was same old lines that's what they do they lose uh you know 10 plus games and we move on but again I think they're building something here that not only will translate on the field but it's already being felt through the locker room and I can't wait for the day where you know we see some star stud athlete going well I'm a free agent and Detroit looks like a pretty you know desirable destination I think that's that's the next step that's going to happen here but uh where I'm at now is positive momentum as you put it Steve
0: yeah I think it was week 16 I believe it was 15 where the the Lions had like the walk-off win against the Packers I think it was during that Amon Amon Brown stretch where he just was like blowing up just really it's just always great to, to beat the Packers obviously you know um but yeah it's like I think you make a great point about it being an attractive location for free agents, because that is just a really great way to, to build off the team as well as through the draft it which we'll get to. Oh, and free agency, which we'll get to in a minute. So how about um, Ryan and Nate? How, how, how are you guys feeling uh, going into the 2022 season? We'll start with you, Nate.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so kind of going back and looking at last year, you know, they didn't get their first win until December, which I will honestly say that I had I I shifted my uh, like attention to the Rams to Stafford following him and what was going on there. I loved that whole season for him and how that ended. And I pretty much chalked last year and this year up as a loss um as they build because Let's face it, Patricia um, Quinn—they wrecked this team. They should not ever be allowed back in Michigan, even in a transfer at Detroit Metro. Um, you know, those guys—not happy, not happy with them. And I was one of the the big fans, the guys that were trusting in Quinn and Patricia all the way. All, and I just felt like I was totally. Um, just like my heart was ripped out when I finally saw what they did this team. And, you know, 13 weeks before you get a win, it's very tough on a fan base. But, you know, if you go back and you look at those losses, five of them, four after the buy were within three points and you have a tie and you have a record breaking kick, uh, to win a game in, oh, in that Baltimore yeah. game. So, if those games went the opposite way in the lion's favor, you know, now you're talking about a whole different outlook on this team. And I really think that, you know, what Dan Campbell was able to do and it took him some time to, to really piece it all together. I think there were some problems with the uh, offensive coordinating uh, at the beginning of the year that when he took over play calling kind of got resolved. Uh, I think that we're going to look at, Another year with Dan Campbell, we're going to look at adding talent uh, in a very talentless team for the most part. Um, But he's able to squeeze the last bit of juice out of every one of these players, and they are playing for him, which is something that, honestly, I can't say I've seen since Jim shorts. Maybe, you know, like going way back there. Um, you know, they weren't playing for Patricia, they were leaving the team because of Patricia. Uh and um oh man, I'm trying to remember the coach before that that we got canned because he couldn't get through the the playoffs there. Um, Jim Caldwell or Mariucci, Caldwell. one of
2: those two guys, yeah. Huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Caldwell, um, you know, he seemed to be more of a players coach, but he just couldn't get that last bit of juice out of the players. And uh, I think Dan Campbell's the guy, so I'm excited. I've, you know, I've set aside my, you know, my Rams fandom it's in last year with Stafford. And now I'm really focused on just being excited for this team and where they're going.
0: I love it. How, how about you, Ryan? Did you tend to be like an optimistic fan, more pessimistic, try to keep things realistic? How, how are you feeling heading into the season?
3: I try to keep things more realistic. I you know I try to keep my optimism down cause I don't want to get too hyped up because you know, And there's another part of later we'll be talking about, which is the schedule. It's like, you know, people that when the schedule came out, everyone was starting to say, you know, 10 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins, 13 wins. I'm like, come on, guys, you guys got to be more realistic, like kind of look at the schedule, kind of look at what we did last year as the Lions team itself. Yeah, we lost a few games that were close, you know, last second field goal to what the Baltimore Ravens was a 66, 67 yard field goal that shouldn't have happened in the first place. And then the tie against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers that no one just wanted to win that game. And that game just looked like, as we all say, same old Lions. But what I liked is going into last season, Dan Campbell came in, you know, the whole, everyone's making fun of him, the kneecap biter thing. But basically he said, you know, if you want, if you want to play for me, stay, if you want to leave, go. And he let, you know, and then the, t- the players that didn't want to be here left. And the ones that stayed, stayed. And it showed like during the off season, you know, as they're going through training camp and everything, that the team was more of like a family oriented type thing where it's like, it's not just coaching players it's more him working with the team the team working with him you know balancing it all back and forth and then this year i could see it more still doing that will the record be good we'll find out here in a little bit but what they're doing going forward i think looks better now than what patricia did prior because i just felt like i never liked the patricia hired in the first place i always thought that was a bad hire because it feels like any time we get anyone from new england it's a bad move no matter what team it goes to so with what Uh, Campbell's doing now, I really like what he has going on for not just this year, but next year and the following year too.
0: Yeah, I think he's a really cool guy to uh, to to root for because he gets so like emotionally invested. Like he just like broke down like in like happy tears after after some of those victories. And it's just just as like sweet relief, you know. So it just was a really cool moment. Like I'm kind of a softie for 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 that kind of stuff, you know. But but when a guy just has such a clear passion for what he's trying to do and for the team itself, it's it's a, it's a really neat thing to try to rally behind. But as Nate mentioned, uh, he has some doubts about like the talent pool on the Lions. So that brings us to the free agency news. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't seem like there was any significant team losses. So if you guys think any differently, please uh, chime in in a moment. But uh, some notable roster additions that they brought in, wide receiver DJ Chark, linebackers Chris Ford, Gerard Davis, and Natrez Patrick, cornerback Mike Hughes, safety Deshaun Elliott. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on these moves and do you have a favorite addition or did you have a player or a positional reference from the free agency pool that the giants did not address thoughts on all that? We'll start with you, Ryan for that one.
3: My favorite one was the DJ shark signing. I mean, yeah, it's a one-year deal to $10 million prove it deal type of thing, but I liked what he said, like the reason why he chose here. here is just, you know, the culture, the, the way they build up. So it's like, you know, he's betting on himself to actually come in onto this, you know, on this team to say like, all right, you know, I got a one-year prove-it deal. I'm 25-year-old wide receiver who's only a couple years removed from a thousand yards. So you know, he gives that additional that can help A. Brown, Josh Reynolds out there on the field. You know, you're not trying to have a whole bunch of scrap wide receivers like we did last year. You're trying to improve that wide receiver core. Gotcha. Yeah, I like it. Chris, did you notice like they've been signing like a lot of defensive linemen lately too? I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen like like, Lions signed. They've been like signing defensive linemen like crazy. It seems like there's like add in depth there so it's like they're trying to build more on the defensive line too and so a bunch of no names it's like building the depth there on that too i forget the names right off the top of my head but i know they've been doing it the past few days oh gotcha okay
0: yeah so um yes yeah, so, this so is some of the names that that stuck out to me were the uh linebackers and then some of the guys in the secondary but you know you got to I think you have to prioritize the the defensive line to try to get pressure on, you know, guys like Rogers and Fields obviously and and cousins. Um, So how about you, Nate? Uh, How how do you feel about the DJ shark signing or or any of the defensive guys?
1: Yeah. So I was very interested in the DJ shark signing. Um, I think after the draft, I'm a little less. So I I, I'm really, I mean, we'll get into all of that, but um, you know, Jamison Williams is something that I'm excited for, but uh, to get to your point, Ryan, about the uh, uh, interior line, I, I think that they're trying to play smash mouth football, where you know you're going to regret it. Um, you know, it, it be, you know, coming up to the line of scrimmage and and everything, um, they they want to get in your face. They want to um, cause a little fear and a little chaos and havoc, and I think that plays to dan campbell's uh biting biting kneecaps all of that stuff you know just kind of getting in there and doing it so i'm excited for that we've had issues i mean we've had what was that one year where i think that was like two years ago where we we couldn't get a sack like we couldn't get to the the quarterback at all so um i I'm, i'm here for it i'd love to see a lions um team that is you know especially adding Aiden Hutchinson and obviously I'm getting into uh, rookies again but you know just gets me excited for for what they might do because once you cause fear in the other team you know they start getting erratic and not to say that the Lions are you know a fearful team but they're building something so um one of the interesting things that I saw in the linebackers is Jared Davis coming back um you know he went off i believe it was to the jets and didn't really do much he wasn't doing much you know at the end of his career with the lions the last time around but he did have like one good season i think his rookie year was like not terrible and you know everyone had high hopes for him so i really wonder how much the old you know patricia um administration there messed it up and if something is still there that uh, might come out of it but in the same point i don't think it was a very um you know they didn't invest much in him so it's kind of a look and see and if not you know um you know they can they can move on so that's that's one that i'm just kind of paying attention to
0: gotcha how about you chris do you have any thoughts on or any differing thoughts on on the free agency moves
2: yeah, I got two things really quick, and it's it's about the moves that they did not make. If you remember correctly, this.
0: you might need to rephrase that there, Chris. Wi-Fi. Well, no, if you're, I... out there. Oh, you're good.
2: Wi-Fi was cutting in and out on me. I, I, what I was getting at is the moves that they didn't make. This time last year, sorry that I cut out, it was all about are they going to sign Kenny G? Are they going to let him walk? And thank God we let him walk. He was a ghost in New York. And then you fast forward to right now, the Lions, everybody's watching, watching and waiting. Is this the year they're going to draft a quarterback? And they did not. And I think that just goes to show you that you know Brad and Dan and this this front Lions brass, they have a plan here. And look, in this draft class, we, we all know the quarterback's we're not that strong. Matt Corll, Sam Howell, Ritter, we know all the guys' names. And they've been picked up. Some of them were undrafted free agents here. But it's not what they wanted to do at that time in terms of of their long-term plan here. So that kind of alleviates that you can cut the draft right in half. Treat it like a fantasy football draft. If it's a super flex, and I already got two quarterbacks, I don't even need to worry about that. I can focus my efforts elsewhere. So to me, I think, you know, DJ Shark's a nice addition. Getting Jared Davis back, he's probably going to be more of a depth guy. Maybe he performs a little bit well now that he that he's not brought in as a rookie trying to shoulder the burden of a losing franchise like the Lions and I, I also love the idea of this this Elliott kid we need some some secondary help that's long been an issue as Nate said as well pass rushing can't get a sack will they won't they but I think times are changing but to me it might be you know a- abstract thinking or off the wall here but I think the biggest move here was the fact that they didn't draft a quarterback and they're going to save that is it going to be next season when they have two first-rounders. What do they do? Do they get back a third uh, first round? Who knows what they do, but I like the way their head is at because they were able to really cut the draft in sections and completely eliminate quarterback and focus on other things such as Aiden and Williams. We know how that went here, but to me, the biggest move in my mind is not drafting a quarterback and wasting, I don't want to say wasting, but I I didn't think of any of these quarterbacks were like first-round juicy talents here. So again, another hurdle or another hurdle that Dan and Brad ha- have jumped through, that I think is going to be successful.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So, so we can touch on on the draft class now. Uh, round one, they they were picking from number two. They got the edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson, and uh, then at at pick twelve, they they did a big trade up. Uh, they didn't give too much draft capital, in my opinion, and they got one of the best wide receivers in the draft, and uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Round two, pick forty six, edge rusher Josh Pash. Uh, Cashel round three pick 97 safety Kirby Joseph round five tight end James Mitchell then round six and seven whole bunch of defense here linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez edge edge rusher James Houston cornerback Chase Lucas so uh, Nate looking at that draft class all things considered free agency the draft uh, did the team fulfill the roster needs and do you have a favorite or at least favorite pick
1: yeah, I mean, so bringing in Aiden Hutchinson, Um I was not immediately – I don't want to say I wasn't a fan. He's a great player. He fills a position of need. Um, I was just wanting them – I don't know what it was in me of just going, you know, uh, trading back and being able to capitalize on more draft uh, draft picks there. Mm, and. Okay that was kind of where my head was at, and everything, but the, you know, after they went with Hutchinson, I mean, that's just a, don't mess it up move right there. You know, you have brought in the guy that's going to make an impact. Just go with it. Let the, you know, the, let the chips fall. So happy with that, you know, especially, um, you know, as time went on. And then when they moved up to grab Jameson Williams, um, I got excited. I mean, uh, they needed a, wide receiver they needed it over the top you know being able to the only thing that I'm worried about is and I, I Jared Goff I'm they have everything around him in place which is the perfect position for when you go and get your franchise quarterback I just I want to see Goff kind of get back to maybe what he looked like a little bit more in you know in LA um and be able to make better smarter throws last year. I was so frustrated when I'm seeing him throw into double triple coverage, when a guy is wide open, you know, maybe, you know, uh, 20 feet to the left or, you know, a little bit deeper down the field. It just felt like he was either getting rushed and uh throwing scared, or he was just making bad decisions in my, in my mind. So I don't necessarily trust him and I want to see, I want to see some improvement there. Um, to be honest, like going back into the free agency stuff, I, I'm today we had some big news where, um, oh man, the quarterback uh, out of Washington just retired. Or Fitz. Uh, Fitz, Magic, Fitz, Magic just retired. He was the guy that I wanted them to bring in last year, uh, okay. and kind of do this like. I would have taken the loss on Jared Goff, ship him out, get another pick out of it, and bring in Fitzmagic. Just it's not going to be a great year, um, but I could get behind that guy. Uh, he is amazing, and uh, you know, so I was still holding out hope that you know he'd be floating around and and they'd pick him up in free agency. I mean, shit, call him up right now and you know bring him in third string. I don't care. Like, I need some excitement at the quarterback position because we had it in Stafford for so long for what he was able to do and golf can make those throws I think he just sometimes tries to do it when it's not there mm, okay interesting so that's yeah that I mean those' I'm, I'm not a big rookie guy uh getting into the draft and everything so I don't know too much about the other players uh, I'm just kind of crossing my fingers at this point and uh, I'll relinquish my time to the the smarter, Detroit Lions uh, <laughs> analysts here. Sounds
0: good. So, how, how about you, Ryan? Was there anyone you would have preferred they they targeted at these spots, or were you pretty happy overall?
3: I was pretty happy overall because, like, looking at it overall, it's like okay, you they kind of took more of depth pieces, you know, not because you're not truly a quarterback away. Because if they were, if we were quarterback away, we would never traded to Matt Stafford. We would just kind of try to draft the way we had it. But like, what made me super nervous is like, you know, everyone was kept saying like. You know, Malik Willis is going to be that quarterback. Malik Willis is going to be the quarterback to take. And when I saw the Lions trade up to pick 12, I was like, please do not be Malik Willis. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, this cannot be happening right now. Please do not do it. Don't be dumb. And when they took Jameson Williams, I was just like, this kind of shows that they're not playing for this year. They're building on from this year. So they're going to build on from last year, take this year, also build on to that. Because you're more of expecting not Jameson Williams to make an impact really this year. You're making it want him to make that impact next year and next year. You can, you know, you still have the two additional picks. You have Jared Goff, who's available for one more year under contract before you can really basically release him for nothing. And then you can say like, all right, we get our quarterback next year because next year's quarterback class is supposed to be deeper, you know, deeper, better, something that's more valuable where if I don't know if you looked at any mocks, but I've seen mocks where they've had four quarterbacks already going in the first round. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. If the Lions are able to do something like that with their two first round picks trade up, or somehow get that quarterback to fall to him, but depending on how their season goes this year, you know, then they're, I feel like then they're starting to go on the right path because you can also take that quarterback even and just set it behind golf for another year and let them develop. So I like what they did this year because it's more, like I said, building and not trying to hit that home run.
0: Gotcha. I like that. How about you, Chris? Anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, you know what you're going to get out of Hutch at, at 102. Your high motor guy, big energy, lives 20 minutes away from Allen Park here. And then even Jamison Williams, I I love that pick uh, to any Minnesota Vikings fans. They they absolutely fleeced you. You got you when you look at draft capital and and you know you have you have trade charts and, and trade calculators. When you did the real life math on, on the just swapping second round picks and then us getting Williams in that spot, they absolutely bent them over. But I digress. I want to talk about Josh. Pasco really quick in this, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. we got to come up with a name for him. M-Rod, Malrod, I don't know what it is. But these two kids were, when you look at it, they were also steals based on what they did at the Combine, based on what they did their previous seasons in school, and where they went. You know, everybody, we we had the same M.O. last year. You know, Brad went back-to-back D lineman, second round, third round, and people are left scratching their heads. But again, as Ryan and Nate alluded to, they're building something. Create havoc and chaos, as Nate said a few moments ago here but Pascal getting it just in the line and, and Ryan you said it as well is this are, are, th- was this draft really meant about let's get him in there right now and let's run them ragged and let's really you know turn these kids out and get them out of the league because they can't handle the stress they're putting together building blocks that they think will fit and click with each other in a longer term plan because when you look at the lions over the past what just not stop me when i sound silly 10 15 20 years th- their first and second round draft picks, they thrust these kids into the spotlight, into the limelight, and they fold under pressure. Not Two picks, a first and a second round pick, aren't going to change your franchise overnight. And that's what the Lions have always done. Make the splash play with a receiver in the first round 15 years in a row. See how far that got you. So now you get a smart GM with a capable, handy duty, however you want to put it, head coach, and they're going together. And I absolutely love the Josh Pasco pick at D-N. Kind of pair him with Hutch, obviously. Obviously, he's going to be day one starter. That's not a secret. And the Okara brothers, Julian, and these kids are are, are unbelievable. So to me, and even uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, one of the, the the most not not a black eye, let's say, but it, they've been such a thorn in our side is the lack of studly kind of sideline to sideline linebackers. We just get these big meathead honks like Jared Davis back in the fold here, who can't do much. But our GM and our whatever our scouting staff reaches on these kids, and then boom, you're you're out of the draft capital, and you've really bet yourself over for no reason, drafting these fourth, fifth round talents in the second round, trying to polish a turd. That's not what you're supposed to do in the second round. Take a little bit of risk, but you do your math, you do your homework, and these kids can turn into like full-blown starters. Not saying all pro, not saying pro bowl here, but I'm telling you now, this Josh Pascoe kid is just as competent as Aiden Hutchinson, and these two start to click and gel, something I'm keeping my eye on in, in summer OTAs here. But then you bring up Malcolm Rodriguez in the rear at linebacker. He's going to have a chance. He's—I—I he, I, I believe everything I've seen. Malcolm Rodriguez is just a, a monster. He's a dog. He's in your face, motor running 24/7 like Hutchinson. So you're starting to see a picture uh, be painted here from the the GM and the the brass here. They're high. I team guys don't quit get in your face and we're gonna go here so this draft class uh in my mind was outstanding and I'm not just saying there. saying this because I was there live. but this draft class was uh unbelievably uh good and fun in my eyes
0: gotcha so so how was your time in Vegas uh what, what, what was that experience like for you
2: Oh, it's the thrill of a lifetime. I've said this. I have a shtick now because uh, yeah, I've been asked this question probably a hundred thousand times. But you know, as a, as a, a man with no kids, no family, no kids, just Beastie, my cat. Uh, you know, I, I would even if I did have kids. This draft would would far outweigh anything I've ever done in my life. Thrill of a lifetime. I'm hoping it's not once in a lifetime. Hope to get back next year and again when it's in Detroit. But I got to tell you this as well. We've all done fantasy drafts, Ryan. You're you're an auction guy. I love that format as well and most times in a fantasy draft it just sometimes it can drag out you're like oh my god this is going so slow and sometimes more times than not depending on the clock it zooms by it's like oh my god i just picked i'm up again after that's how it was in real life which i've noticed i've always watched it on tv on the couch and it just seems to drag on and even the first round it takes forever when i was there in person it was like a fantasy draft three minute clock you make your pick boom we move on trades photos everything you gotta get in and get out. And it was a, a once in a lifetime kind of thing, which I'm hoping to double down and make it a, a, a- Two, two, in a lifetime experience, if that's uh, even possible. But uh, I would highly suggest anybody. And I'm not saying you can just go as a fan. It, it, worst comes to worst, I'll drive wherever it is and I'll hang out outside and watch it. But to be there in the media room talking to these kids and really, you know, hobnobbing with some fancier folks, it was a thrill of a lifetime. And I'm glad I did that. And again, I, I'm more of a, a DFS guy, sports better guy. I've never really been, you know, making a rookie guide on my own or, or really, you know, watching 40 times here. But if you're a football fan you're a sports fan the nfl draft live and in person has to be on your bucket list
0: that's awesome i love that very cool very cool so obviously it doesn't end at the draft there are undrafted free agent signings now not every year do you get excited for the free agents that that you signed that that weren't drafted i just was curious if you guys felt a certain way about the guys that the that the lions were able to sign after the draft for example with the eagles I was pretty excited that they were able to sign uh, quarterback Carson Strong as well as running back Kennedy Brooks, kind of like those as, as depth pieces, low expectations, of course, but definitely a little bit excited there. Uh, was hoping that they would have signed uh, wide receiver Justin Ross. I'm a big fan of his, but I kind of root and form just with the with the unfortunate uh, injury history. But either way, anyone on the Lions that uh, stood out to you guys that, that they were able to sign? And if not, that's okay too. But uh, curious about that. Start with you, Nate. Anyone uh, come to mind for you there, or?
1: <laughs> um, I honestly, I, I'm gonna let uh, Chris look like he was about to jump in, so I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Yeah.
2: You know nothing that stands out to me, and I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to cover up my lack of preparation or my lack of homework here. You know, when you look at, at undrafted free agents, it's basically a lottery ticket. You, any one of us can go to the grocery store, buy a five dollar scratcher. If we hit, you know, we cash it in and you buy beer or whatever you want with it. And if we lose, we rip it and throw it away. Not to to be rude or put down undrafted free agents because these kids are, are are still cream of the crop athletically and even mentally, emotionally. However you want to put it here but as it stands now a lot of these these undrafted free agents you bring them in and it's like well we brought you in and, and now it's up to you to show up early uh show up early leave late get it done and we'll go from there a lot of them are, are, are lottery tickets as you said steve carson strong a great uh, addition i was shocked he didn't get drafted when you look at what he did i believe at nevada if i'm not mistaken uh he was a very good quarterback and when you go and look at even what the lions did last year jamar jefferson can this running back he was you know people you could see how fast and how quick you know snowball snowball rose downhill here as the social media and other platforms you know they they raise up a kid or they they put gas on a situation when realistically this is a business in the NFL so they bring in these kids and they go here we're going to give you all the tools you need show us what you got you have all spring and summer to really lift weights and hit and, and see what we got going here but at the end of the day and I hate that saying more than anything you know more times than not the These these guys bounce around practice squads, their depth pieces, and that's all all well and good because when it's all said and done, they're just chasing the dream, riding the wave, whatever corny cliches you want to say. So nothing realistically stood out to me, but I know we're going to find a couple gems and I'm sure I'll I'll mention a few of them as the season starts in in DFS formats. That's always the best option. Dirt cheap, getting some touches, and we'll run it from there.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So to to jump back in here, uh, you, you know these guys are definitely going to be the stars of the uh, hard knocks when it comes through. You know they they always go through and, and then really bring these stories of the UDFAs to life, and um, and so I, I'm looking forward to kind of I guess learning more about them then. Uh, mm-hmm. but like Chris says, I I don't know I, I'm it's there's going to be guys that rise up and when they do and then I'm going to be a fan and, you know, root for him.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The the one name that kind of stood out to me was a guy named uh, Khalil uh,
1: Pimpleton. (laughs) So
0: despite the, the unfortunate last name, he was the, the 2021 Mac uh, special teams player of the year. Special teams is a very underrated aspect of the game. And if you're able to capitalize that on an undrafted free agent as a returner, I think that that's a pretty cool move. I mean, obviously we'll, He's got to make the team first, you know, and see what he can do. But, uh, that that was a name that that stood out to me. Uh, how about you, Ryan? You got anything uh stood out to you?
3: Yeah, I'm still from your sheet on that one too because I saw Khalil Publeton. I said about the same thing in that sheet on here. I'm like, oh man, he's gonna talk about it. So, oh, that's our fault. Go for it. <laughs> but, like, it's the same exact thing, like Nate and Chris have already said. It's like, we're not gonna see enough until we see you know actual OTAs and I actually have the pads on. Right now, they're running around in shorts, not hitting anyone. So yeah, anyone looks good with that. when you're just in gym shorts catching a ball. anyone can do that. It's once you put the pads on and you actually start hitting people that's when you really try standing out. So basically like these UDFAs are really trying to be more of a special team player you'll you won't know them as like a more of a fantasy player or like you know IDP type of guy but you'll you'll you want them to be that special team guy trying to make the team because that's usually the ones that make it or the UDFAs on that special team.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Gotcha yeah. gotcha.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's really their path is to be good at special team teams to be able to uh, make the team. And outside of that, you know, it's very your hard press. What uh, I mean, you got guys like James Robinson, UDFA that came in and got a starting role like you. You don't see that very often. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much you know where we're at is just who's going to make it into that special team position and and make a team. And we'll probably find out on HBO. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so kind of looking ahead now to the 2022 season, uh, as we discussed a little bit before, but as sports fans, uh, we can love our teams, uh, but we can enjoy more or suffer less when we have realistic expectations for our teams. Uh, and the NFC North uh, division seems to be untouchable when when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, uh, but the Lions are a team uh, in transition. I believe they are transitioning well, but without a positive moves over the last two off seasons. Uh, so Ryan, after reviewing. Viewing the schedule release, what well, what do you think is a realistic expectation uh, for the Lions in terms of wins and losses? Oh, you are on mute, but you're on mute, buddy. <laughs> All right, now you can hear me, right? Yep. All right, a
3: realistic term, I would think more would be six wins. You know, to be more realistic, tops eight. I don't see them really winning any more than that. If they win any more than, like, if they hit eight, it's because they had two lucky games, I feel like, you know, but I feel like comfortable. I think Vegas has the odds at six and a half. So, I mean, I would probably take the under on it right now just play it safe because I just don't see them taking that five-game, you know, next step. Okay, Cincinnati Bengals did it, but we're nothing like the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I don't see us going from one of the worst teams, you know, Super Bowl uh, contender. It's not going to happen. It's just not the Lions' way the way they the way they're building like I said earlier is they're building for future depth. So this year, be more realistic, I can see you know six wins, third in the division, you know, we're back in the top 10 picks still again.
0: Right, right. So now if if they don't uh, do positively in the, in terms of win loss, uh, what can the what can the team show you in the 2022 season, uh, to help you remain encouraged for, for the 2023 season? Like, is it improved quarterback play overall, better defense? Like what kinds of things are you looking for?
3: Overall, just a better team in general, you know? Yeah. The defense was really bad last year. And like that needs to definitely take the next step up to actually improve because we're one of like the worst defenses, but also, you know, having Hawkinson fully healthy, having golf there, having Amandre St. Brown, possibly Jameson Williams playing this year. You know, you're starting building that chemistry with these players out there. So if they, if that starts kicking in, you start building that chemistry, then you can start feeling like, you know, the the momentum starting to go forward because they're they're not that many pieces away from actually having like a nice built team offensively, but defensively definitely is their weakness. So if they can definitely improve on that and work together as a team as a whole, which like, as we've already talked about, but the defensive line kind of bolstering and going after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you have that is your main focus, is trying to be Aaron Rodgers. If you be Aaron Rodgers, you know, you're gonna do very good.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there are a lot of um intriguing offensive pieces there with chark, I'm on Ross and Brown jameson williams might be a little bit patient with him on at least on the early part of the season as he comes back from from the torn uh, acl injury uh tj hawkinson as you mentioned of course uh the uh, day swift and even even uh jamal williams i am a fan of his at least a big fan of his uh personality so <laughs> very excited to see him on hard knocks uh especially um now, in terms of Hard Knocks, uh, I'm absolutely thrilled about the about the lines being selected for the show. Uh, I want to see as much Dan Campbell and as much Jamal Williams uh, as possible. Uh, are you guys excited for it, or do you think it'll be a distraction for the team?
1: Oh, I'm I'm game for it. I mean, I've been waiting for this for years uh to really see see in there and especially with such a character as Dan Campbell, the guys on the team. Um I think it's the perfect time, really, because there's nothing to lose. Um I don't see us being a, you know, anywhere near a playoff contender. Um I I do think I have a Higher view than Ryan as far as uh, the wins. Um, I would probably take the over uh, with, you know, Vegas on that. I just think that, you know, if you compare last year's strength of schedule to this year, you know, you're pretty much swapping from one of the uh, strong, you know, hardest schedules to close to the bottom uh, of the heart, you know, with the strength of schedule. I think they're like bottom five. But. And not to say that the Lions can't still screw that up. Uh, I always believe that at any given game, they could lose it. Um, I just have a little bit more faith that they're going to take a step forward and that, you know, there's, I mean, I don't like to be the guy with the rose-colored glasses, but, you know, the slight chance of a dark horse into the playoffs, especially with the expanded um playoff uh teams there Uh, getting past Aaron Rodgers is always a problem and but you know they were able to do it I mean granted it was week 18 last year but oh that's uh, okay yeah it was the last game of the season and and, you know sure Rodgers wasn't playing the greatest um I think he might have sat that game too but it's just um I don't know I I I've been taking kind of exception to some of the early mocks for, for next year where they have the lions picking it like two, three. And I'm mm. just like, unless they're trading up, I just don't see it. Like if you're mocking, I mean, maybe the, you know, within 10, sure. But right now, most of the mocks coming out, have them almost in the same position they were this year. And, I don't know. I just don't see it. So I, I think that there's going to be some surprise wins. I think that they're going to kind of piece things together a little bit more. And maybe I'm just super optimistic about it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of really, really pushing for them this year. And also, I'm going to get to see them four times this year because they're coming out, uh, playing the Patriots, the Jets, and the Giants, all within uh, a two-hour drive from me it's a very rare thing so i'm going to all of those games and then oh, that's flying awesome out to yeah. michigan for a uh, detroit game um you know at at ford field so i'm hoping they win some of those you know
3: that's awesome I, that that's really exciting yeah like i like what you're th- like what you're saying Nate too but like if you look at their games last year they got blown out in quite a few of them too but those like mm-hmm. good games they had they actually had like you know it was either they lost by a little or they lost yeah. by a lot I think this year it's going to be more losing by a little, but still going to be a loss. And a, you know, it's going to be enjoyable games. They're going to put up a nice mm-hmm. defensive. You know, they're going to be all four quarters playing because you know how the Lions usually go first three quarters and then they crap the bed the fourth quarter and fall apart. I think it's going to be four quarters, but it's going to be a lot of you know three point games, four point games. It's going to be all like less than one touchdown games. I feel like they're going to lose this year. So I can see where you're coming from it, by saying like, like they'd be like the dark horse of like you know winning more because like mm-hmm. if it goes in their hand, right. Yeah. that There's a W there's a W, you know, I can see that. I can right. see where you're coming from on that.
1: Absolutely. And the lions, I mean, they are the, their nickname is the cardiac cats for a reason, Um, you know, coming down to the last two minutes, whether or not they're going to win usually a coin flip and we don't have Stafford to, you know, March down the field like he did in the super bowl. Like how perfect was that, that, You know, the biggest stage, he had the opportunity to pretty much clinch a win in Stafford fashion that he did. Um, I think that was the 2016 season where he broke the record for most uh, come from behind victories within two minutes of, you know, the last two minutes of a game. And that's just what it's like to be a Lions fan. You're either, you know, like about to have your heart ripped out because of a devastating loss uh, because they just dived in the fourth quarter, or you're having a, a heart attack because they were crap for three quarters and woke up to to come back for a win in the fourth. So you it could go either way, but I I really I think we're very close in how we view the Lions, Ryan, for this season. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the difference of a coin flip. are they going to get the luck this year or are they not going to get it? And it'll be close games that, you know, either they, they get the win or they don't.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's very, um, realistic that, that, that they could finish higher in division than like the Chicago bears, for example, you know, that's just another team that has a long way to go. Uh, they, they have their potential franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, but just not a lot, uh, around them. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's great to be, to be optimistic. You know, uh, I just know just being a Philadelphia fan, the higher my expectations are the, the, the worse the the, the, uh, losses add up and it just, it's, it's just even worse, but either way that I don't see anything wrong with, with being optimistic. So that's great. Uh, but definitely looking yeah. forward to hard knocks. I, uh, you know, I might have to start Bumming off of my 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 brother's account again, you know. Uh, when, when that starts coming around in August, but uh, cannot wait for that. Don't uh, be so
3: that DeAndre Swift is a first round pick after that. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it know? always causes yeah, uh, a little bit of ADP uh uh rise in there uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of that, uh, that this is a fantasy football show at the end of the day, but we just want to you know touch on all the teams and stuff. But as far as fantasy football twenty twenty two. As far as Alliance players are concerned, for for, for you guys, uh, who are some offensive players you guys are going to be targeting at their projected cost?
1: Go ahead, Ryan. My biggest
3: one, is, my biggest one is DeAndre Swift. I I've been drafting. It's like I've I've done so many startups right now, and no matter what, I'm like hitting them in first round, the end of the first round every time because it's just like I know it's, gonna be, it's I going to be coming. It's coming. Now the Lions have one of the top five offensive lines right now, projected by PFF. So, he's one that I'm definitely targeting. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the photos of him. I mean, this guy's getting freaking rips, you know? So, yeah. he's got to be worth it now because just look at what he can do with no pads on. So, he's definitely the one guy I'm targeting. Golf, for sure, in Superflex. Like, yes. he's a quarterback or even like one QB leagues. So like, he, like most leagues will tell you, you know, don't, if you're in a one QB league, don't draft two QBs. But, like, say, like, if I draft like a Jalen Hurts, you know, not to knock your team. But, like, say, like, you know, the, the Konami, like, type of quarterback, I want to have someone who I think could also help me in case he gets hurt. And that one guy is definitely a Jared Goff. Is someone I'm targeting as a QB2, you know, on my team to say, like, all right, I feel more comfortable going in with this than trying to go in with a single quarterback. Because I feel like he has that next step to actually go forward and actually be a very high-end QB2, low-end QB1 most weeks, too. Gotcha. I like
0: that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... So I actually haven't been doing a whole lot of startups. We have been doing the uh, ADP mocks, so that you know has been helping me. But I, I've been a little bit periodic about it. But Amon Ross A. Brown, I feel like so he he had a hype coming out of last season, and then I don't know what happened. It was like the gang on Twitter just drove his ADP down. And, you know, it's just a lot easier. To, I feel like when I'm at that point of a hmm, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, uh, he's there. And I, I like him at that spot. You know, I'll take him all day right there. And uh, I'm excited for, you know, any growth that he could have this year. So I'm willing to take the gamble. Um, yeah, Hawkinson, you know, if I'm in like a tight end premium league, i i'm targeting him and i would say i am not a jared goff fan and (laughs) and it's like uh, but i will grab him like i used to grab stafford in those years where um you know people would just heap the hate on him Uh, you know obviously i had more um i felt like stafford had far more upside but for a second quarterback or a bench quarterback, you could do worse than having Jared Goff because he'll come in and in the right game script, he'll put up some decent numbers. You know, you can kind of stream him in with uh, your other quarterbacks uh, to 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 help you create that QB one uh, in bye weeks or injury situations. So you know, those are kind of the guys. I mean, Swift is. <sighs> i like him i feel like he his price is a little bit higher that i'm willing to gamble on some of the injuries that have happened you know um in the past or just misusage that and i feel like campbell's going to uh write that ship but his cost i'm, I'm usually grabbing someone else it, my when i'm in those drafts he's not really someone i can even I can even get, cause he's already gone.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. For me, uh, I'm very excited for Swift. You know, he obviously is, a, is an incredible talent, but also has like the pass catching upside, especially in PPR league. So, so I'm with you on, on that Ryan, I'd be very bullish to get him at the end of the first, um, golf is a favorite, uh, like QB three target of mine, but I do like him as a QB two. Like if you get Josh Allen, if you, like like in an auction league right if you spend a lot of your budget on like a josh allen or herbert you know whoever uh you can get golf at a very affordable price uh hopefully (laughs) towards the end of a draft you know and then uh you know just to find just fill in if you already have like like the the ceiling play of like a josh allen um and, and DJ Chark for, for me as well. Uh, he is on that uh one year prove it deal. Uh, I'm not gonna go down like that narrative, but he is a very interesting player to me. I think it's a great fit. He will be he should be re- ready to go, but by the start of the season after the the injury uh early in the season last year. Um, but where we might have to be patient on Jamison Williams, I think DJ Chark will fulfill that role in that offense. So I really like him a lot. I just finished up a startup where I was able to get Chark as my wide receiver five in the 13th round. And for me, that was just like a smash, at least for me. Like I'm a really big um, fan of Chark. I'm really excited for him now. uh, uh, How about players you're going to be fading? Uh, I think a lot of players um, at cost, I probably won't be fading just because they, they will be like relatively cheap. Like obviously the, Most costly will be Swift. Um, Although the only one that I'm uh, just slightly hesitant on just because of the position itself is, is TJ Hawkinson. It's not because of him. It's just because I'm more of a later, later like tight end kind of a person and Mm -hmm. then try to upgrade at the position through trading in the middle of the season, just as like a strategy. I like to just build my roster differently, but he won't be as costly obviously as like a Kelsey who's going in like the second probably, or like a Mark Andrews and that kind of thing. So he's pretty reasonable, but he would be the only one I would probably look to avoid only because of the tight end position. Um, anyone stick out to you guys that, that you would probably fade or, or is the, or is the answer like just, just uh, everyone's kind of fair game for you.
3: You go for it, Nate, eight. Cause I'm a backfire on one okay. of yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel like the most of the players outside of Hawkinson and Swift are going to just be cheap. You know, I, it's hard to fade them when they're not necessarily in the conversation. You know, we talk about golf, we talk about um, uh, Amin Ra. Like, those guys aren't, peop- you know, they're not getting the hype. You know, uh, I would say Ra is getting like it's like hype and hate on Twitter <laughs> right now, uh, depending on who you talk to. But that kind of balances out. And, you know, it's not like he's rising through the ranks. Uh, I mean, maybe when you talk like um, IDP, like Tracy Walker is I don't know if I would fade him, but. He's interesting and and he his value's been bouncing around a little bit, um, yeah. I don't know. I, Ryan, go for it. Maybe you got a better answer than me.
3: Yeah, the one I am fading is on Saay Brown, and okay. that's for really the exact reason why everyone is hating on him is, you know, he he did it without T.J. Hawkinson. There was no wide receiver core really around him, so like I don't see him. He might hit uh, similar statistics wise, but he might not hit that touchdown level or that catch level, you know. But he might have that yardage. So, like, we could see a more kind of be second fiddle because, you we, you know, DJ Shark's going to be there now. You have TJ full TJ Hawkinson coming back healthy. You have DeAndre Swift, who hopefully stays healthy for one whole season. So, you know, I could see more of a balanced pass approach with this team where it's kind of more trying to understand, like, who's who for Jared Goff, you know, because all he had last year really was Amon Ross A. Brown to focus on outside of Josh Reynolds and um another wide receiver. I can't even think of his name right now. Because that's just how bad they were last year, yeah. you know. It's just yeah. like so, like when you're like a rookie wide receiver and you're doing that kind of stuff as a day three pick, it's usually unheard of. So, I kind of see it as like almost like what what would be the term of that? Yeah. It was an,
0: yeah, it was, it was it was an interesting storm of factors, right? Because. Yeah. The, the team was playing from behind often. So it's a lot of passing volume. I think he averaged like 11 targets a game in that six game stretch where he just was in like God mode, you know, it's like end the season, but Hawkinson's back. I don't think he's going to, obviously I don't think he's going to average 11 targets per game. Uh, but, would I have, what would I draft him as a flex option? Probably if he's being valued as like a wide receiver too, well, I'm going to fade that all day long. I just, I'm just not going to have him on a lot of teams. If that's the case, I I'd, I'd be fine drafting him as a flex play, but if it's getting, if his prices is, is demanding higher than that, I probably won't be drafting him a lot as far as like redraft leagues are concerned. Um, but yeah, he wasn't interesting by uh candidate before the draft and then with, with Jamison Williams, you know, I think that kind of tempered the need to, to pounce on, them. I guess, if if that makes sense, but that's great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, so I'd like to go into that a little bit more. And I think that my view is kind of the same with Ryan here and I'm just taking a different um, result of that. I, I think that because of those targets and that time at the end of the season, that he might be a little bit of a safety net for Jared Goff that they build that report Mm. when other players have kind of, you know, Hawkinson went out with injury, um, you know, just different situations where they kind of built, there's a trust being built there. And I, I feel like with a off season and um, you know, training camp and everything you get to recognize that and then kind of uh, keep making those plays, making those throws, not saying that, I, I you know, he's going to be outrage, you know, outrageously great or a wide receiver one, or like you guys both said, like at a wide receiver three, a flex play, that's kind of where I'm at anyways. So I think we're valuing him the same. I'm just, I, I guess I, I take a little bit of a gamble with upside. And I think that there's a potential for upside there with um just having a report and um you know seeing where that goes yeah
3: his upside's good too whoops sorry Steve.
0: oh go for it yeah yeah yeah. go go i say his upside
3: is good but like a lot of his catches he did were a lot of like short and close to the line of scrimmage too which was like Mm -hmm. like, because you look at his yardage, you know he had those 10 11 catches but it'd be under 100 yards so Mm -hmm. i just kind of want to throw that in a lot of it was like you know zero to five yards from the line of scrimmage so that's where he got a lot of his points because a lot of your defenses aren't really focusing on right there you know your linebackers are kind of sitting back a little bit or close to the line so you're waiting for the safety to get you so a lot of your teams are just right. going to give up and say yeah go ahead and throw it to him because we'll just get him halfway down the field
1: oh absolutely and i you know like i said not a wide receiver one or two um and i it, last year i mean he he put up some numbers but it, it's not the greatest play i i don't think you know going back to what i've said previously there's not wealth of talent on the Lions and uh, but you know with the new new players coming in so I'm interested to see what happens you know and Mm -hmm. he'll be someone I'm, I'm watching for sure especially you know with training camp
0: yeah I think my tune could shift if he does get that kind of unique usage like early in the season because he 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 had a lot of rushing attempts as well and like a lot for for like a wide receiver I mean I think he had probably 10 total over the course of the season but still he had a couple rushing touchdowns uh so just if he gets if he keeps up with that unique usage in the offense uh you know I think I could probably shift to being a little bit more aggressive towards him but I'm just trying to be realistic of what his opportunity share is going to be with Chark and with, and with, with Williams mm-hmm. and Hawkins and back. So I'm just trying to keep it easy there, but uh, a very exciting player. You, you, you love to see these guys have their potential um, realized, you know what I mean? So it's, so it's very exciting uh, to see that, but, uh, but back to the hard knocks thing, um, you know, Again, like I'm really excited to see what what some of the storylines are. There was uh, a report about that, or maybe it was just was like a was just a funny thing he said, but he was talking about having an actual lion on the practice field. Um, so I'm 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 semi afraid that because of the the HBO presence and the budget, maybe just maybe they'll actually have an actual lion on the practice field. So I don't know, but uh, I think the the Lions are in a very intriguing position. Um, you know just just to kind of see how the team builds up to kind of have their eyes on the 2023 uh, quarterback class perhaps uh but I think we nailed it. You know, I think we have a lot of uh interesting optimism as well as a mix of realistic expectations for the Lions uh coming up this year and beyond uh but I really appreciate your guys' input and and your thoughts um and you know hopefully uh you guys will be happier Lions fans this year and and for years to come. So uh, basically we're just going to wrap it up uh, with, with some plugs. Uh, so we'll start with you, Ryan uh, tell people where they can find you and your content. And uh, again, just thanks for coming by.
3: Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan minor underscore FFB. That's capital R capital M. You can find my stuff at face off sports network. F And you'll, you, you'll find Steve and I probably on Twitter talking about auction leagues all the time. So, and that's what—that's one of the fun things to get ready for is the auctions.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I,
2: I mean, love auction
1: Nate. leagues. Yeah, oh, I, perfect.
0: I, hey, well, we, we have a buddy. Well, well, Ryan has a buddy at, at the Face Off Sports Network. Um, Adam, he does Adam, yeah. weekly Sunday night auction mocks. So, I will have to tag you in that next time. Uh, see if you're available on a Sunday evening.
1: Yeah, so how do you do your auctions because I love slow drafts, uh, slow auctions with like uh like 100 players, you know, just Oh, wow, interesting. 16-hour timers. Um what what do you guys do with that? Is that like a one one player up at a time kind of a thing?
0: It is. Yeah. So th- they usually take like Two and a half hours or so to complete. So you kind of have to just be at the computer, ready to knock it all out, like like in a, in one in yeah. one shot. But but just one player goes up for a bid at a time, and the nomination order is just the order of you know sure. where, where, where you get put into. Um But yeah, so. The slow auction is a whole another animal compared to what what this is. But yeah, it's like the all, all the all the rosters get filled in about two and a half to three hours. So if you have that uh, time frame available on, on a Sunday evening, then uh, yeah, it'll be awesome for free to hop in and, and experience it that way. But, you know, it's one of these things. It's like it, you you blink once and, and you miss on a player. So it's just you know, it, it's pretty intense. But but sleeper it makes it really easy. So it's a really good way to mm-hmm. to uh get a little practice in. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's that's very interesting in that you're you guys are into that, you know, so into that. For me, it's and this is getting into like a whole nother podcast. That, you know, we could talk about I don't know. But the you know the economics of uh, an auction draft when you have a hundred players on there and you got 16, 16 hours and your strategy just changes. With every bid, you know every outbid, and and you you never really miss a player unless it's too much, too much money to spend, you know, and that's when you start to really see like what are these players valued at. I I will nerd out to this, um, so I I'll, I'll end it here. With uh, you can that find me awesome. on Twitter at Nate Cheat. Um, you. I, I'm the founder, uh, co-owner of IDP guys. Um, and I'm launching a new website, uh, content which will be uh, a whole community courses, tutorials, podcasts, uh, on, you know, just being a better content creator and helping people, you know, just get better at the craft and, and reach the goal that they set for themselves, whether it's, uh, finding, uh, you know, a, a solid group of people to hang out with, uh, through podcasting or making it to, you know, a DLF or, uh, uh ESPN, you know, if you want to get that far, uh, and just, you know, helping to take away the barriers that, you know, you might have based off of your knowledge, you know, not knowing how to set up uh, a podcast or a website or, you know create graphics to uh to post on social media that kind of stuff so um i've got my first interview in the can and starting to create some uh little snippets and teasers with that uh i'll be talking with detroit beastie next week um as well you know to continue this podcast series going and then it'll all start to be released uh early summer 2022 so in a few weeks
0: that's awesome that's that's really exciting news. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, everyone listening, please follow Ryan and please follow Nate on Twitter and keep up with all their work. Um, just wanted to remind you, like I said off the top, uh, IDP guys did start a brand new uh, email subscription based newsletter. So please subscribe to that and check out all things at IDP guys. And please check out the IDP guys uh, or the IDP draft kit. I did that twice. Now the draft kit is incredible. It's an awesome uh, effort by a couple of different groups of, of IDP um, teams to, to put that together. So really do check that out. Uh, So Ryan, Nate and Chris, uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show to talk about your lions and best of luck this season.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yep. You got it.